Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns and No Breaks. And once again, intro is going to sound a little different. No, it is not Renee Garcia doing the intro. He has quite a bit of work to do. And of course, he's also probably going to miss some of the Cowboys game. Our beloved Cowboys are getting ready to play on Monday Night Football as we record this on a Monday evening. So there goes that. Hopefully they do well. If Tam was on the episode, she would absolutely cook me and Renee at the same time <laughs> talking about the Cowboys. But it's not going to be solo dolo this time around either. Again, we're going to have a guest. And guest, you can introduce yourself. What's going on, race fans? It's Pierce here, also known as Rohan over on Clubhouse. Um... I would say I can still cook you guys, too, because I am an Eagles fan, so <laughs> definitely don't play that Cowboys activity. <laughs> <laughs> see, we got a Cow- see, we got Cowboys fans, and we bring on an Eagles fan on this podcast, of course. Actually, matter of fact, one of my good, one of my good friends, basically my bro, my little bro, essentially, he is also an Eagles fan, and it's so weird because everyone else in the NFC East I have no beef with. Except for Washington. That is it. Everyone else, I'm like, all right, you know, whatever. Obviously, we play the Giants tonight, but that's that. But I got respect for the Eagles, so, you know, that's that. Except for when the game is happening. That's a whole different ball game. But, yes, my man is a Philly native, so, you know, of course, you had to be an Eagles fan. But other than that, Pierce, how was your weekend? Pretty good. You know, just keeping up with all the racing action this weekend. You know, the whole tire debacle. But, you know, we'll, we'll dive into it, but mostly just been get, getting caught up in all the racing action. Uh, oof, man, the tires, the tires, the tires. Look, it was a crazy one. Actually, I took a very small trip, very brief trip to Maryland this past weekend to see my family. And I'm coming back. I came back on Sunday, and I'm maybe like halfway through my drive. And I had the race on the radio, and I'm like, okay, you know, stage one had just started by the time I had turned it on. And I was like, okay, cool. So, you know, the race just got started. Then, of course, the rain delay happened. So that was that, or should I say the lightning delay happened. And then it was held up for a little bit. And so I got home, and I was still able to watch literally the majority of the last stage. And, man, the tires were crazy. Everything was falling apart. But, like you said, we'll get more into that. But, yeah, my weekends for the last two weeks have been super busy. So this weekend, especially since Tropical Storm and or Hurricane Ian is coming, I will be staying in the house. I ain't got time for that. <laughs> All this rain and everything else in between. But, you know, that's that. But either way, I guess I will start with the top 10 as we get ready to talk about Texas and all the action that happened at Texas Motor Speedway this past weekend. So first off and foremost, Tyler Reddick third win of the season and also ultimately possibly could be the last win in that number eight car because next year he won't be in there so that'll be that but yes he got his third win of the season and it was a very great one I mean he he definitely had a great car ran well the entire time you know since you haven't been on the show might as well ask you what do you what do you feel about the move and everything going on with Tyler Reddick you know I think it's I think it's a great move. You know, Tyler Reddick is a generational talent. I just think, you know, we're in a weird spot for him to make that decision to have that lame duck year. So, you know, I still have some doubts about what's going to happen next year. Like, is he 
going to still have a decent car? What what might be the rumors of things that might happen that we might hear maybe like years down the line? Like what exactly was going on in 2023 in terms of was he getting the proper equipment? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be real interesting. I mean, of course, like in his interview, he talked about like, look, I know what's going on what's happening with this lame duck year, but I'm still focused on winning races, even though we're not in the playoffs anymore, which again is still a trend that all non-playoff drivers have all won races in the playoffs. So not a single playoff driver has won a playoff race. Maybe that will change in Talladega coming up this weekend. Who knows, but it's good to see speed out of him. I mean, I, I like you said, he's a generational talent. And I think a lot of people have believed that from the get-go. And I think even at the time when he was in Xfinity, where he won back-to-back championships. And then of course, he also, we know, made his debut at Kansas a few years ago for Childress and right out the gate, a top 10. I mean, he looked very, very sharp right then and there, but it's starting to prove and we'll see how that shapes out for next year and how things are going to go for him. But second was Joey Logano. Third, Justin Haley. Brian Blaney came home in fourth. Fifth was Chase Briscoe. Eric Jones came home in sixth. Seventh, William Byron, which we'll talk more about because him and Denny Hamlin had their own little feud. Brad Keselowski came home in eighth. And ninth was Kyle Larson to round out the top 10, Denny Hamlin. So there was a top 10 in, you know, Rohan, look, we, or Pierce, let me say that because we're going to mix them up here and there. You know how we do. Either, Either way, you know, the tire situation was crazy. So a lot of people compared it to what happened at the Brickyard in 08. So what do you think about it? You've got more of an engineering background than I ever have in my life. So what do you think? You know, I think we honestly probably needed to get down to that point that maybe we needed to start having those uh, those cautions thrown in just for safety. You know, a lot of these punctures, they were happening going into, into three. And, you know, these cars were just backing into the wall in four. And, you know... A lot of concerns been how stiff these cars are. So these some of these hits they don't look that severe, but from the driver's take on it, they're a lot more severe hits. So it looks like just regular cut down a tire, hit the wall, but these hits are just a lot more severe. And I feel like you know the series could have done a bit more action in terms of just saying like changing tire pressures or putting the blame on teams trying to cut corners. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's definitely like a fine line when it comes to the tires itself. Because, yes, there's been incidents where teams will either run the camber way too aggressively, not use the recommended air pressures for, you know, for a variety of reasons and things like that have happened before. But obviously throughout the year and especially the last couple of weeks, we've seen a lot of the same accidents happen. And again, going back to what you said, with everything being a lot harder, as this car is much more stiff. It's a real question of safety going into next year because what are they going to do different? I mean, you know, even Cody Ware, who took a hit, which didn't look as crazy as many others I've seen in the past. You know, he wasn't he had to go to the infield care center. They put him on, a you know, thankfully he was OK. But, you know, we've had more of these incidents where it's been, you know, a chance of the driver getting the wind knocked out of him or someone actually being hurt or feeling that same injury for, you know, a couple races like Denny at Darlington missed out the Xfinity race because he was still sore from his, you know, from his last hit. But yeah, I mean, it's just kind of crazy how all this is shaking, you know, shaking down. I think there just has to come a point where you got to look at, okay, we've got this problem. It's a big one and it, it puts everyone in safety. And it's kind of weird given the climate and how things have changed over the last, you know, give or take 20, 25 years with, you know, safety. 
is it seemed like it was more of a priority, obviously, once, you know, Dale Earnhardt had his accident at Daytona and so forth. A lot of more things have come since. But now it seems like, you know, this year we definitely have a good product in terms of the car itself. But the hits these drivers are taking that look normal and aren't really ones that we've ever seen anyone just walk away from are the ones that are hurting people. And I think that's really like the danger point, honestly. I mean, there's obviously other things as well. Like, for example, Bubba Wallace came home in 25th today. But for the second week in a row, power steering has been a problem. And it seems like there's just more parts problems as well. I don't know what's the I don't know what's the fix to that either. Yeah, thinking back, I, I do remember the power steering issues being a concern, like, back in the early stages of testing last year. Yeah, and, and you know, it's crazy, because, like, when you have it happen, like, more than once, you're just sitting there like, okay, you know, I don't think a team like that that has that type of money is just going to have that broke down every single time. Now, trust me, I am all game for natural attrition and things actually happening, and yes, you know, there are times where drivers may wreck themselves, but when we're having the tires go down, you know, at random, it's a problem. And a lot of the incidents look similar. It was in turns three and four, then someone just literally backed into the wall. So, yeah, you know, I don't know what's going to fix it or what's going to happen. But, yeah, so I guess also might as well talk about this right now with Denny Hamlin and William Byron. Like, what do you think about that whole thing? Because apparently nobody at NASCAR in the in the tower happen to see the incident even though there's replays of it you know with you know from various different sources i've heard today it still doesn't add up to me i know they said it took them a while (laughs) (laughs) it took them a while to get the replay and we were back to green flag but you know everyone knew what it was i mean maybe we just need to have spotters looking at just all angles of the track maybe we can't just focus entirely on where the wreck is it just doesn't make sense how did you guys have an oversight of this and it happened right in the front stretch in front of where all the fans are sitting yeah i don't understand because everybody at home has a clip of it everyone's talking about it all at the same time shoot i was in a group chat talking about it as it happened because like i literally looked away from the tv for just a brief moment and then i'm like oh what in the world happened realizing the lap before obviously they ran against each other pretty well and William thought he ran him to the wall even though clearly after the backfire coming out of Denny's car he was trying to back out of it but yeah it was very weird the fact that that happened and I mean we also had another incident on pit road um with Ty Gibbs and Ty Dillon so two two damn ties having an accident (laughs) right or whatever it was you know like it was strange because there was no penalty for that and I'm like that was incredibly dangerous because if you look at the replay there is a I think it was either an official or someone on someone's pit crew. If he, you know, slams into him and he hits him, it's going to hit not only the car itself, but hit someone else. Like, that is dangerous. You know what I mean? Yeah, literally all the things. Like, it wasn't just the the official like that. They were actively working on the car. And I was just like, it's right there. But, you know. Yeah, man. Like, you you can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) And the, the tie and tie show. Man, it was so strange. And, like, I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, so no one's going to get a penalty for this? Like, how? I, I I, just don't understand how that was there. And, you know, even the same thing with William Byron with that whole incident. Like, it just didn't make much sense on how nobody for some reason can make a decision in the time where it's at. Like, I don't know. It's just sometimes where you see these judgment calls. It's the same thing what happened at Bristol. There was a lot of, a lot of times where... A, a tire might have went down, someone hits the wall, they might throw a caution. There was another time where it may have happened and nothing happens. And it almost, you know, 
cause a wreck. And it's just the fickleness of it. I think a lot of drivers had stated the same thing was that there was just that big looming problem. It's like, when are you going to actually make the call at a consistent rate rather than just let it fly and let it be what it is, you know, in the moment. But yeah, it was just really strange. And I mean, you know, those type of things can cost somebody the playoffs. And speaking of playoffs, it was a rough day for quite a few drivers in the playoff hunt. I mean, Chase Elliott came in with a pretty big, a pretty substantial lead starting around the 12, but that has diminished. He is only four points above the cut line. And that actually begs the question to me to you is, you know, as it sits right now with Talladega and the Roval coming up next, who do you think is going to get knocked out? Ah, man, let me see here. You know, I got to say, you know, you know, Bowman is in a muscle-in situation right now. I think that, you know, guys like Bell and Elliott, they can definitely make up ground at the Roval. But, you know, just with all the different failures, I'm just like, you know, I think, you know, big capitalization points were for, you know, Briscoe and Ian Blaney. I mean, you know, those guys don't, you know, Blaney doesn't have a win at all, but, you know, there was a solid recovery for this round. And, um, yeah, just, you know, I think we're going to, we're going to get somebody that's probably towards the bottom that is going to sneak through at Talladega. But really, like, like I said, you know, Elliot and, Bell, like they're really going to be relying on the Roval. I think Elliott's he, average finish at Talladega is not so stellar either. So yeah, he's really going to rely on mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a great point. I mean it's it's crazy because like I feel like he's had a very solid season just overall, very quietly. It's it's kind of weird. I, I feel like in the last like couple years, when you look at the championship four, I've always felt like. The person who wins the championship, sans Kyle Larson in his dominant year last year, has been the one you're not really thinking about as much. Like even when Chase won the championship, I was like, I don't think he'll end up winning it. I mean, he is a he's had a very good car all year, but there was no sign to me that it was like definitely written in stone that he was gonna win a championship. I didn't think so. I felt like there were a few others that could have definitely done it, but it didn't happen that way, obviously. So yeah, I mean, like you said, Chase is barely hanging on at the cut line, whereas, you know, briscoe cendrick and bell on points yes you're absolutely right they definitely probably can points their way in given that they don't have an insane talladega and nothing happens to them i think like that's also another big worry point given the fact that we've had you know these cut down tires is like how is that gonna you know roll into talladega in a place where you're going you know 200 miles an hour and that happens in the middle of a pack i think that's where the real danger lies so i guess it'll be Really intriguing to see how any of that shakes down. Not really sure how weather is going to end up looking, given the fact that Tropical Storm slash Hurricane Ian is on the way, and it's going to actually hit some parts of Alabama um, throughout the weekend. So it'll be really interesting to see if that is weather impacted. But yeah, it's been a crazy opening round. I mean, t- or opening race for the round of twelve. So yeah, it's it's been a wild one. I'm not sure how it'll end up shaking down, but. Honestly, I don't really even have a favor for the championship this moment. I really don't. Like, I feel like it's really wide open. And honestly, the craziest thing is when you really boil it down, there's only a few previous champions left in the in the championship. Like, it's only Chase, Kyle, and, and Joey Logano. They're the only ones who have won a championship. So we have a possibility of having a brand new champion this season. Also, great question for you is, you think we're going to get 20 winners this season? Because we're literally sitting at 19 right now. So you think we'll get it or more than that? 
I I hundred percent believe we'll we'll get that number. We'll we'll definitely get more than that. Talladega being a wild card as it is, I definitely think that trend will continue. At the very least, we're I think the trend is going to continue that we're going to get another non-playoff driver taking a victory, and I think with these non-playoff victor winners winning, that actually makes the points even tighter. So just you know these slim margins that we're seeing. I think that's just going to really make every position count when it comes down to it. Yeah, no, I agree wholeheartedly. And I think that's the weird thing about the playoffs this season is it's starting to shape out like how a a normal, I'm not even going to say normal, a pre-2003 championship basically would have looked like, right? Now, yes, you'll still have everyone running their own race and doing their own thing. And obviously, crunch time is still a thing. None of that hasn't gone away in that sense. But where you have, okay, so let's say it was Joey Logano. Maybe he was leading the championship. But in the last four weeks, there have been four different winners, and they may have not been in the top ten, but others have also had good days. He may have had a bad day, and all those things still affect the championship. Like, naturally, it's so strange because we're basically somewhat living that, even though we obviously know who the 12 contenders for the championship are. But, again, given how things have gone so far – in the first four races, we haven't had a single playoff driver win one. And to be quite frank, going into Talladega, I would probably say you're right that we may still get another non-playoff winner like last year. But Wallace obviously won the rain-shortened race at Talladega. And, you know, he was a non-playoff driver. So it's been very intriguing to see how everything is um, has been done. And it's been a very competitive season. I mean, it's been insane. I mean, one of the better seasons in the last couple of years in terms of, you know, the on-track product the amount of winners, the variety of winners we just had in general, a lot of first-timers. So, I mean, it's been really, really cool to see how that's shaking down. But, you know, regardless of that, it's it's been a wild one. And matter of fact, there's going to be some stipulation, or not stipulation, but there could be some problem for Ryan Blaney going forward because the next couple weeks, he will not have his crew chief. And I feel like people don't understand how much that actually affects somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see it. I didn't realize that he's going to be out of a crew chief at this point in time. Is this losing a tire on a pit stop? Is that the ordeal? Or yeah, so yeah, so they try. They were gonna actually do. They were actually gonna appeal that one from Bristol, but today they announced they were like, "Well, we're not gonna appeal it." So that means Blaney won't have his normal crew chief um, all the way through Homestead now. So you know, granted they make it that far, right? So yeah, you know, I feel like that's a, a difference maker because I also feel like Ryan Blaney has been a better driver ever since he made a crew chief change. So I feel like those little things do matter. Those little details do matter. So we'll see how that, we'll see how that one shakes down. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that'll shake, shake out for him, but it'll be interesting to see how it is going forward. But, you know, moving forward into other things and news and NASCAR, JR Motorsports is still interested in having a cup series team, but the price of a charter is gone up exponentially it, it is ridiculous of what it is now i think maybe a couple years ago it was five six and a half million or so somewhere in that ballpark now you're looking at 20 million plus basically for a charter and i don't think that really helps teams that want to you know help new teams that want to break in the cup so you know you know so pierce what do you think about having a cap on the having a cap on what a charter actually costs or do you think we should just get rid of them all together I mean, I, I I think we should get rid of them all together. I'm I'm still used to the day of top 35 are locked in and the last eight going for for it and qualifying. But you know, 
this whole rumor of JR Motorsports trying to start a team, I've always thought about all the ramifications that are in place for, you know, their alliance with Hendrick and what that means if they decide to go to starting a team in the Cup Series because I think they pretty much have to drop all affiliation with Hendrick in terms of the mm. Xfinity program. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, I wonder what that does in that case and how that'll end up working if it does happen. But I know, like, on multiple occasions, it's been rumored that, you know, Junior has wanted to come up and go do cup racing um, with his own team. I mean, it would be really cool to see that happen. I mean, obviously, you know, his father with EI back in the day, that was a cool thing. They used to be the best damn thing smoking on super speedway races. <laughs> it was every... Every single time you came into a Super Speedway weekend, there was no doubt that you could count on seeing three DEI cars at the front or whatever it may have been. You could just count on them. They were just that good at, at Super Speedway racing. Man. But yeah. No, oh, no. I was just going to say, man, like even even Steve Park was in the mix. He was good. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Steve Park, my man. Steve Park. That That is right. Steven Park was definitely in the mix. Oh, my goodness. That was a, that was a throwback time when that was happening. But yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting. I just... Like like you said, you know, the days of, look, 38 lock in, the rest of y'all, you may or may not make it. I mean, there were times where some people you would not expect miss the show would absolutely miss the race. Um, Same thing in Daytona. You had, what, 60-something cars or 50-something-odd cars actually going out and trying to make the Daytona 500. And that used to actually carry some of the smaller teams throughout an entire season because the payouts were so large. So... You know, it's those type of things that, you know, make a difference. And, you know, a buddy of mine suggested one that was really good. And he had said, look, you know, 38 cars, five open spots, and we keep it pushing, just like you said again. So, you know, maybe we could ever see those days again. I highly doubt it. But I will say my man Rick Ware is sitting on like, what, 30, 40 something mil with all those with all those charters that they do have for Rick Ware. So, for sure. yeah, for sure. Plenty of money, plenty of money, plenty of money. So, yeah, that, that itself is crazy. We'll see how that develops. But last but not least, before we get into predictions, today, so seven times said, look, I'm done. No more full-time racing for me. Jimmy Johnson has officially retired from full-time racing. He will no longer be racing in the IndyCar Series full-time. And, man, I was I don't think I was shocked by it necessarily, but, you know, I felt like it was coming at some point in time. So, you know, what do you think about Jimmy's brief stint in IndyCar? You know, I would- like like you said, I was shocked by it too. You know, I was expecting maybe a scale back in the schedule going back to his 21 schedule where he was just only doing the road courses. But, you know, he's just had an illustrious career. From my understanding, Carvana will still go wherever he wants to go in terms of racing. So I hope to see him still do the Rolex next year and, you know, some one-offs. Uh I'm, I think that the fact that he's choosing to step away from full-time, that does open up the avenue for him to come back to Cup. Because I know he's mentioned that he would like to give this next-gen car a go. And also, you know, there's the whole rumor mill around, you know, him possibly having a seat for that Garage 56 entry for a Chevrolet at Le Mans next year. That's right. Mm, yeah, you, you make a good point. That's true. And he talked about that today as well as, you know, he doesn't want to quit racing. He does want to spend a lot more time with his family, obviously. And I mean, you know, this the NASCAR schedule is grueling for someone who had been doing that since 2002 for, you know, 38 weeks every single 
every single year, that's a grind. And you're not spending a ton of time with your family as it is. I mean, you know, you're on a plane, you're gone for a weekend, you're home for maybe two or three days and you're right back. And it doesn't even include, you know, sponsorship activation and flying out to go see sponsors and doing whatever other obligations you may have. So, you know, it's a it's a tough, tough thing for anybody to do. You know, I think this is why you see some some drivers retiring a lot earlier than normal. And, you know, it just shows. But, yeah, I mean, it would be really cool to see him be involved with Garage 56. I mean, naturally, it makes sense for it to happen. Um, I am sure Rick Hendrick would have absolutely no problem doing that because I'm sure there's going to be some schedule conflicts when it comes to actually getting somebody in that car and actually, you know, having them ready to do that. So, yeah, it's going to be quite interesting hopefully he does do the rolex he's also stated that he'd be interested in doing the double since he's never been able to complete that and doing that the, obviously if you don't know the indy 500 and the coke 600 on the same day few drivers have done it the only active driver that has done so was kurt bush and he did that a, a long time ago it feels like but you know that was a cool feat and it would be cool to see jimmy do it i mean like you said he's had an absolutely illustrious career a seven-time nascar champion obviously first ballot hall of famer there is no doubt so you know he'll make that but yeah that's gonna be all she wrote for indycar for jimmy and that's gonna be all she wrote for all nascar talk and all nascar things from us but before we do that, of course, we still have to give your predict, give our predictions. So, since you are the guest, Pierce, who you got? It's time for race predictions. I'm gonna go with Ryan Blaney. That guy always finds his way to the front at these super speedway tracks, and I think he's gonna slip by and he's gonna finally get his first win of the season. Mm, okay, that's pretty good. Now, if you could pick another one, if you were a betting man in Vegas, who else would you pick? I see. I I'm gonna have to go with the watermelon man, Ross Chastain. Uh. That guy, he's gonna move somebody out the wave to get a win. <laughs> <laughs> There is no doubt about that. I could definitely see that set in stone. So with that being said, for me, as we head back to Talladega for the second time this season, honestly, I could easily go with Ryan Blaney as well, and I will. I think he'll be my main pick. And for some reason, he has an obsession with making some of the closest race finishes in history because at Michigan, he did it. At Talladega, he did it. And I believe even the the summer Daytona race, he did the same thing. So I would easily pick him. He's been a very, very quietly underrated super speedway racer, in my opinion. I feel like, and the Fords have been very fast at super speedways as of late. So he's going to be my main pick. And for my alternative pick, I am actually going to go with a non-playoff driver. And I am going to go with Tyler Reddick to win two weeks in a row. I am going to take take him. I think he's a pretty solid super speedway racer as well. And I'm going to mix it up. I have a Ford and a Chevy, even though I am always I always have been driving bow tie. So <laughs> you know how that go. But once again, thank you, Pierce, for joining this episode. We appreciate you with Renee. We miss you. Hopefully you join us at some point again next week, my friend. I think we may get his predictions, but we, we shall see. I know he's got a pretty hectic schedule, but if not, you know, Pierce, you can shout yourself out. Anything you got as far as social media, people can follow you at, anything like that, it is all you. The floor is yours. Yep. So once again, you know, I'm a man of many hats. My name, my real name is Pierce, if you need to find me on LinkedIn. Uh, but, you know, on Instagram, <laughs> I go by Romario.Andretti. You can figure out what that means from that. And if you want to look for me on Twitter, I go by PS underscore I run. All right, there you have it. And once again, guys, thank you for always listening to All Turns No Breaks. We hope to catch you guys next week. Make sure you guys are following us on Twitter, at Turns No Breaks. You can also follow us at Instagram, same exact handle. You can follow me on Twitter as well if you want to talk NASCAR. Always available to do so, at Front Row Kenny. And 
Once again, thank you guys for listening to another episode of All Turns and No Breaks. Y'all thought I wasn't going to say it. Come on now. Stay hydrated and stay safe out there. <laughs> Hurricane Ian is coming. Y'all have a good one. Thanks so much for tuning in.